Hello everyone, this is Melinda Russell with the Women's Motorsports Network coming to you from my office in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And um, I have a very special guest. Her name is Lisa Hunziker. Is that, did I pronounce your last name right? <laughs> Not quite, Hunziker. Hunziker, okay. So I grew up in West Central Illinois and there were some, uh, that last name was familiar there and it was Hunziker. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. It depends right. on where, where are you from, that's all. Just... I know, absolutely <laughs> is. So I apologize for that. Uh, no um, worries. <laughs> but uh, Lisa just got home from work, and so we're going to uh, have a, a nice visit here about her and how she got involved in motorsports. So Lisa, would you please start by just sharing a little bit about yourself? Um, where you know, We know you live in Colorado, but where, where you live, um, maybe what you do for work, uh, your family, your pets, whatever you want to share. And then we're going to talk about how you got interested in other sports. Sure, sure. So I am originally from Fort Lauderdale. And so the the great part about that is, is that, you know, there's good weather all around and there's lots of fun things to be doing there. So uh, I, I grew up in South Florida and then uh, have migrated west uh, in my training. I'm a, a surgeon. And so um, I practice here in uh, South Denver. And so as, as far as motorsports, you know, so driving fast came early and, you know, probably very illegally. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I mean, I can remember uh, taking my parents' car when I was, you know, just a teenager and they're like, oh, we're going to the, you know, we're, we're going to uh, the movies and, you know, going up to Fort Lauderdale Beach and going up and down the strip. And then, you know, certainly anybody who wanted to go fast, just taking, you know, this old, uh, you know, Chevy Caprice classic and seeing how uh -huh. fast it was going to go. And, uh, you know, doing that. And, you know, my dad had a 1972 Corvette um, when I was a little, little girl. And so, you know, that's kind of what we grew up in. And of course, that was well before, you know, you had to wear seatbelts. So my mom and dad and my sister and I all, you know, plowed into the Corvette and went off to go do stuff. So, I mean, I think I was exposed to, you know, um, a sports car early. And so, um, you know, growing up, that was always something that I had wanted. And interestingly, as I had finished, uh, right after I finished my residency and went into private practice, I uh, went to, I had talked to the uh, Chevy dealer and custom ordered, uh, you know, um, a 2003 um, beautiful, beautiful uh Corvette. And, and I called my dad from the lot and I just kept revving the engine. He's like, I can't hear you. There's like some background noise. I can't. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. What's what you can't hear? It's like, that's the brand new Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that kind of, you know, started me and then, you know, I've driven BMWs and then finally I bought a Porsche 911 in 2012 and started um you know just entry level high performance drivers education i think how um you know a lot of people can come through uh, into motorsports and just love that and the thing that bothered me about that was is i just i i loved going fast it was beating up my car and so it's like you know i think i need a dedicated car for this and one that has a lot more safety equipment um Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to have a Hans device and a harness and have a roll cage. And, you know, we had um, a very unfortunate um, at, at the club race at that time. And this is, you know, maybe around, um, you know, 2013, 2014-ish. Um, and we had a very seasoned racer who um, had a wreck, had an in-car event, and then crashed the car, hit the wall, exploded the car. And... Because um, I'm a medical, you know, uh, healthcare worker and, and surgeon, um, my wife is also a trauma surgeon. So, so the two of us were immediately whisked down to the scene and we took care of this guy. And that really kind of caught me off guard. Um, and it was doing what we know how to do very well. But it was also a very personal connection now. Right. Like, is this something that I really want to do? And if I really want to do this, I really need to um, have all the safety equipment and um stop playing around with yeah you know and it really uh, it gives you so much more um i think respect for even street driving so um 
Yeah, from that point, I just kept going and got my competition licenses. And so I have run NASA and SCCA and PCA and WRL. So just, you know, if you've got a race, I, I'm happy to be in it. Yeah, it, sound, it sounds like it. And your dad kind of gave you the bug, even though you were little and he wasn't a racer. He still gave you your love for cars, it sounds absolutely, like. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, that's a conversation that's still, um, you know, this is, God, like... 50 years later and we're still having these conversations and it's it's a mm -hmm. wonderful conversation that he and I both talk about all the time and yeah. the first person that you know when I get on track and when I come off a track you know I'm talking to my folks of like here's where I am this is what I'm doing and then when I'm coming off the track well here's what the situation was and you know they're watching on race monitor or race hero or you yeah know, on YouTube depending on the broadcasting and so um, it's been really great because uh, you can share that love. I think, um, you know, I know mm -hmm. my immediate family always travels, um, you know, our son and my wife do. Um, we have my son is graduating next month and uh, oh. my folks are coming out for the graduation, but it's also the same weekend as the PCA race in Hastings, Nebraska. So everyone is hauling up to Nebraska for a weekend <laughs> at the track. So I think it's nice. something that we all love and enjoy together. And, you know, don't you find that in motorsports more than a lot of other sports, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, it is a family sport, you know, mm -hmm. where um, and it kind of goes generation to generation very often. And we can look back and say, oh, my uncle raced, my grandpa raced or my dad got me interested in cars. And, you know, you don't see that with really any other sports that I can think of. You know, yeah, my dad played football and so my son played football, but that's it's just not the same because it's usually such a limited time. Right. Where racing is so generational for so long. And so exactly. Um, well, and, and the funny part is it's not just getting into the car and driving. It's everything about, you know, right. taking care of the car, hauling the car, prepping the car, crewing yes. the car. So, yeah. And there's so many layers that you know, everyone can be involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the great part about it is, you know, there's certainly always there, there's that danger. Um, but every person who's working with you, like your family has that vested interest to make sure everything yeah. is just right for you because they know the the safety issues. And so I think, yeah. you know, for us, it always feels way better to have someone who is is right there and, and they know that you've got to come home and everything has to be perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, I, I know that when you have a race team and people that help, you have to learn to trust them. And but there's some things that you only trust certain people to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. So you're a surgeon by day, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> what do your colleagues think about you racing? You know, it's really interesting because, um, you know, there's the, the spectrum is, is so broad. Um, I have um, another surgeon who I compete against, and he, he is an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, we also have a neurosurgeon. So I, I think in general, I think surgeons kind of get this because it's very precision work. There's definitely risk. Uh, you've got to be very methodical about it. And uh, we're, I think, very good at hyper-focusing, so it's really easy to make that transition, uh -huh. you know, from OR to the cockpit, but, you know, once you, um, once you start talking about it with other people, there's so many people who are just flabbergasted and, um, oh my God, that's so dangerous, and, um, you know, just, they're so afraid that you're going to get hurt, and, um, but there's also a lot of people who are just, in general, afraid of driving. Yeah. And so um, they really feel like, well, this is something I would never consider to do. So why would anybody want to do that? And so right. it's always interesting. And then of course there, the next layer that always comes up is, yeah, but you're a woman. How is yeah. that? You know, like, <clears throat> and can you do that? One, is it even, is it allowed? <laughs> you know, funny well, thing. it didn't used to be <laughs> years ago. Right. And so like, no, no, it's totally allowed. And then, well, is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. And is it, uh, you know, well, how does everybody treat you? And I, I think the one um, 
one of the most impressive things to me about motorsports, at least, you know, in my experience has been um, racers are racers and there's no, there's not gender racing. There's just racing. And there's also racers help racers. Yes. And you can be my competitor, but if my car has a broken radiator and you have a radiator, Mm -hmm. you're not only going to, you know, give me that radiator, but you're going to help me put it on so that we can go out and race together. And I think that, um, it, I, I have been met with, um, such warmth and generosity from really all of the different racing leagues. I've never yeah. had an issue with that. And so it's interesting because I think people find that to be surprising mm-hmm. and for us. We've been doing it long enough that it's the expectation, right? Um, when we were leaving to go to Topeka, I had to load up everything Wednesday night and my wife was on trauma call, which means you have to be in the hospital for 24 hours. So she couldn't help me load up. And one of the SCCA racers, um, I ran into that day and I was lamenting about, I have, I have to get the rig, but I can't get the hitch on by myself because of this extender. And he drove from the hospital to my house and helped me put the hitch on. And it was so funny because everyone was so shocked by that. Yeah. I was like, no, we're not, we're not. I'm like, well, no, he's a racer. And, and when you talk to people like, well, that's a really good friend. But when you tell a racer that they're like, well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what and it's that's really, what we do. Yeah. Right. And so uh, it was it was really so thoughtful in caring and generous and nobody ever thinks twice about that, which is which is wonderful. Yeah. And and, you know, you would do that for someone and you would, you know, you wouldn't think twice about it. You would be like, well, why wouldn't I do that? And that's the thing. I think that's that's why I usually ask, what do your coworkers think or what do they know? Because um, unless they've maybe even come to a race, mm-hmm. you know, they don't they don't understand. Number one, yes, it's dangerous, but you're safer probably doing that at however fast <laughs> you go than driving from here through Denver. You know, Absolutely. right? Because people are on their phones and they're doing all those things and. And, uh, you know, at least if you're going down the track, there's only usually one other car. <laughs> you're down. Well, and, and everyone is there for one reason, Yes, you know, to drive. And so yeah. heads are up, everyone's looking. And so that's, that's the experience. And so, right. yeah, I, I agree with you on the road. You don't know who's, well, you don't even know if a person's driving the car anymore. There's cars no. driving. <laughs> that scares the heck out of me. I can just tell you. Yeah, for sure. My, my youngest two daughters live in Phoenix and we've seen some of those proto, they were prototypes at the time, but we've seen some of those cars that have the little thing on the top Mm -hmm. and, and and there was a guy in the passenger seat, but there was no, I don't know. They must've been testing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, yeah, no, I'm too much of a control freak that I don't, (laughs) I don't want some contraption driving my car. No, thanks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, and I like to drive too, so it, it's it's yeah. more fun to be to be doing it in the first place. Absolutely, for sure. So I know you're very busy. Your son's graduating high school or college? High school. High school. So mm-hmm. um, busy with your son, busy with your job, busy with racing. Do you have any free time? And if so, what do you do when you're not racing? <laughs> I, I, well, no, there's no free time. There's never free time, but, um, but time is just allotted to do other things that are fun. I love to go scuba diving. Our family, you know, it's interesting because scuba diving is very much like racing. Um, it's a, an equipment heavy sport and, um, requires a lot of safety and prep. And the interesting thing is, is that, uh, through diving, we have met some amazing people in other families who are also racers. We have um, uh, some of our best friends in the whole world. They're, they're really our family. Uh, John and Beth Burkhart are in, you know, on the East Coast. And so they're racing. Their son now has grown up in karting and now he's racing. So it's a, you know, two generations uh-huh. of SCCA now. And so Morgan, when uh, they're coming out for Kai's graduation, we're also going to put Morgan in my Porsche Cayman. And 
uh, run and see if we can get him into, I'll be in the racers test and tune and then he'll be in the DE group so he can get out and drive the, the Porsche as well. So he's going to help uh, participate when we go to Nebraska. So, you know, diving is, is a passion. It, it's really interesting because it's super quiet compared to super loud. Right. But, you know, one of the great things in both that I love is that really no one's talking to you and it's very experiential and you can just be in that moment. You can mm -hmm. be at one with your car and, and the track or be underwater right. and just breathing and just enjoying all of the you know, yeah. sea life too. So it's yeah. great. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the yin and yang, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Of, exactly. Of balance. That's how I see that. So do you race in a, like a particular series? Do you race for a championship or do you just pick and choose what races you want to do or how they work out with your schedule? You know, yes, yes, yes. Um, it really has to do with kind of, and I imagine any, any team who's running a car is like, when is the car running? Because it's always got something that you're fixing. So uh, trying to run series and, and what I try and do each year is try and pick a series that I can kind of commit to like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I'm going to commit. And then like, for example, in uh, 2019, I did SCCA and, that, and I did everything SCCA and then I patchworked, you know, NASA and mm -hmm. PCA. And then, um, you know, 2020, I did some PCA, but was doing some more NASA. Last year was kind of a really patchwork of a year. Um, I, I am also a skier, and so you can't live in the Rocky Mountains and not ski. Right. So uh, skiing, and my ski came off, and I took a swan dive down the mountain. I uh, broke a bunch of ribs and cracked my chest and had a, a pretty good uh, head injury with a concussion. And so last year was just it took me till you know the end of the season to really get back into the race car comfortably uh this season um cars prepped and ready we just started the pca mid-america series so we're running that and then we'll also try and get scca and nasa going and we've talked about maybe maybe trying to go to the the wrl enduro race at vir to try and get some track time for that because the runoffs for SCCA are at VIR. So it would be, it'd be nice to do some track time yeah. ahead. So that's something. I hear that track is beautiful. Exactly. And we've talked about trying to get out there and certainly it's just so much of a challenge to be able to get the whole rig out there. And with my work schedule, it's interesting because for a lot of people, they can just take off of work, but, um, you know, I'm a plastic surgeon. I, I do uh, both cosmetic and reconstructive, but a lot of it is breast cancer. And so, oh. you know, you can't just cancel people's cancer surgeries. So, you know, trying to tiptoe through the, the busy OR schedule to get that yeah. is really challenging. So it's really just trying to, you know, do what's best for patients and then do what the schedule will allow right as much as possible so that has to be tricky for sure it, it is and you know it's interesting because you know patients certainly don't understand why why i would want to do this and then mm -hmm. racers certainly don't understand why i would want to do anything else other than race yeah <laughs> yeah for sure well i'm a breast cancer survivor oh congratulations yeah so um gosh 24 years that's exciting uh-huh that's yeah. Exciting. So that's, that's always a good, a good thing to be able to say. Yeah. yeah that's exciting. Sure. Well, so tell me about your car. How fast does it go? What color is it? What's your number? Tell me about your car. Well, so the car is a 2009 Porsche Cayman. Uh, it originally came stock and then was modified. It, it, the, the gentleman who owned it before I did bought it brand new as a streetcar and then totally ripped it apart and did all the work. Oh, my. Yeah. And so he set the car up, which was fabulous. Um, and then uh, and then uh, we took it over. My original, my first race car, um, my streetcars were on, had been 911. Porsche 911s, and so um, my first race car was a 1984 
Porsche 911. And I wanted to, I wanted to have that, um, that car because there was no big brother and there's no computers and no assist. And so, you know, she did every dumb thing I told her to do perfectly, <laughs> but it really, you know, it forces you to develop your race craft um, at a lower horsepower, which I yeah. think is really critical because I think, you know, learning how to maneuver the car well is important. Uh, learning how to recover from situations also is right. really key. And so then we transferred and went, I, I enjoyed that a lot, but I had driven a, uh, a mid-engine car and said, wow, you know, this is so much different, not having the engine so far in the back. And yeah. it was much more balanced. And so switching to that, the, um, the number is 823, which is um, our wedding anniversary. Okay. So um, we like that. And then the wrap has changed multiple times. So the car originally came in a, um, a red color and then we wrapped it in. It's been a uh, lightning storm uh it's been black like a black with multicolored uh spider web um right now the wrap our sponsor is has been with uh sam's tours out of palau indonesia one of the uh, dive operators and the um palau marine sanctuary and okay so, uh, it's a shark sanctuary so the car is all sharks, which is oh, really that's cool. Yeah, you know, there's a big, huge ray on top, and all kinds of stuff. And the print of it is a Napoleon Ross, which is a fish that is, you know, very common in that area, which is really cool because it's a teal color. Oh yeah, like iridescent yellow worked in it. So it's a really fun car, and you know, all the wraps that I've had have been really fun, but this one I've enjoyed because. It's provoked so much conversation. I was going to say that. Yeah. And the kids, the kids who come to the track, you know, the little, little ones aren't necessarily knowing. They know that they're at a racetrack, but they're not really knowing as much. But it doesn't matter the age of anyone. Everyone knows what the marine life are and sharks. Mm -hmm. And the kids love to come in. And so, you know, we have the kids come and get in the car and take pictures with them. And it's been so fun to be able to talk about it. And it's interesting. I didn't realize how many divers were in the racing community. Really? And it's, it's interesting because we have many people who have come up and they'll just go, Napoleon Rass, you know, uh -huh. and there's a thresher shark, which is not a common shark to see, you know, here. And so like divers will recognize a lot of the intricacies you know, like, you're a diver. Uh-huh. So it's been it's been wonderful because I've met so many people and had so many wonderful conversations with that rap. So Yeah. And I would guess that the the company that sponsored you has probably really done well with that on the car because it is such a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. And it gives you more chance to talk about them than if it was honestly Pepsi or Coca-Cola or somebody. Because we all know what that is. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, is that the um, the breadth of audience that can have a conversation is it's so big and it's so global that it really works. I, I think it, it has has been the easiest thing to talk about with yeah. so many different people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, do you have a most memorable moment in your racing career? You know, there's lots of uh, memorable moments. And, you know, the funny thing is we always think about, you know, the, the wins are great and all the exciting driving things. You always think about those things. But I think the most memorable ones are always like when something, you know, goes, you know, it, yes. in the, in the yeah. proper fast. Yeah. And and how you get out of that. And we had that um a, uh, a couple of years ago, I was racing in Hastings, Nebraska, and the hood pins hadn't gotten fastened. So I had, you know, the team had missed it. 
uh, I went through grid and all the grid missed it. And even the corner workers, uh, you know, I later heard that they were talking about it on the radio and saying, you know, that hood looks like it's bouncing. And they never black flagged me, which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> it, well, not kind of, it was a bummer. Um, and so on the fifth lap of the race, uh, in a 120 mile an hour turn, the hood just smashes up, takes out the windshield, comes over, hits the roof, indents the roof. And then you're in this turn and we're in all this big pack of everyone and you can't see and you've got to control the car. And, you know, everyone asked me like, oh my God, did you completely freak out? And it's like, who has time to freak out? That's what I was gonna say. You don't have time to freak out. You've got to figure out what to do. Exactly. So what did you do? I drove the turn. You, know, you just drive the turn, you do what you do. And you know, when you, you prepare for a race and you're thinking about, okay, um, I'm gonna visualize the track and this is what I'm gonna do. And these are my, this is where I wanna hit. I wanna come out at this speed and I wanna break yeah. here. So you're always thinking about that. And then, you know, you've driven the track, so you know the track and you have a sense of spatial awareness of where you are in the track. And now it's drive the turn, do what you do. Yeah. And you know more or less what's there and control the car and then get yourself slowed. Everyone else is going to see you like this yeah. is anything that no one's not going to see and everyone's going to get away from you and then control the car. And yeah. that's exactly what we did. And, you know, the interesting thing, I'm, I'm very proud about this because the, you know, my data cameras, it doesn't really show because it's all black because yeah. it's smashed out and everything. So you can't really see, but the drivers who were behind me, you know, sent me copies of their video and it's startling to watch. And I can see how for them, they were freaking out like, oh my God, yeah. you know, what's going to happen? You know, is she going to be okay? Right. And, and then afterwards, like, oh my God, I can't believe you're okay. Yeah. And, and to watch that in their position, I, I felt all those same things watching that, but in the moment, it's just drive the turn. Yeah. And it happens so fast. Like you right. said, you don't, you don't have time to overthink yeah. it. Yeah. You just have to react as best you can. And right. Yeah. There's no emotion to it. It's simply no. just do what you do. And, uh, it was, you know, considering everything I was fine and the car needed some repairs and no one else got injured. Yeah. I didn't hit a car, you know, I was worried, car. You know, do I hit another car? Do I hit the corner workers? Right. You know, because you can't really see where you're at. And so, yeah. Just like use all your mirrors and, you know, you kind of can barely move your head because you're strapped in, but, yeah. you know, use all the cues that you have. And, you know, there's like this, you know, two centimeters of space between the, your, your base of where your hood was and where it's sitting now. So you're like trying to creep down into your yeah. <laughs> to look through that hole. Basically drive with your, your, uh, side beat mirrors. But, you know, it was good. I, I really came away from that very proud um, in that, you know, handled that crisis very smoothly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone home, everybody went home safely and the car was right. repairable and it was a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Somebody was helping to watch over you that day. I think so. I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah. So is, do you, who, who works on the car? Like when it needs things done, do you have people that help you? And when you go to the races, like, do you have a crew chief? Um, it, you know, is it you? Is it your family? Tell me a little bit about how that works. You know, it kind of depends on where we're going and what we're doing. Typically, locally, we tend to crew ourselves. Um, we have a group. We've had several mechanics who have worked with us and traveled with us. Um, Three-hour racing here in Denver is uh, taking care of the car right now. And... You know, it just depends. This was local when we went to Topeka. And so I have uh, a couple of friends who also run in this race. So we all crew for each other. And so, okay. in fact, I was, we were ready to go out and, um, you know, my pal couldn't get started. And I'm like, I'm in my full race here, like running to the truck to get jumper cables so we can jump his car. So, you know, I've got to get out. I've got to get on grid, but I've got to got to get him on grid. And so yeah. we, we crewed for everyone, but we do have people who do travel with us. I did in, um, in 2019, I did 
no, I'm sorry, 2018, we went and drove in the uh, International Grand Prix of Central America. And so the car was shipped down to El Salvador and we, we went down there. So I, I did take a crew down there. And it, just because you're, you're in a foreign country and right. you just don't have access to everything. So bring what you can and then have someone who can MacGyver whatever you can. Yes, exactly. And, and so, you know, that's been, that's been great. Uh, 3R has, you know, staff that they can send out. It's interesting because the more that you get to know everyone, it's a very small community. And mm -hmm. so um, I had a friend who went to, you know, Sebring. Um, and was there and then went on to Daytona and he was a spectator. He's not a racer at all. And so several of my pals were racing, you know, at the 24 hour in Daytona. Uh -huh. And so I, I said, oh yeah, here's my pals. And the next thing I know, he's a pic he's with a picture with the guy who has crewed for us. And so everyone is, you know, they're an yeah. IMSA, Pirelli Cup, all of the different ones. And so the crews become um, very family-like for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's true. I think in all the series, mm -hmm. um, you know, yes, they're, they're trying to beat the guy next to him on pit road and get everybody, you know, and that, that's what their job is. But when push comes to shove, it's a, it's a big family. Racing is, a, is just a big family. And it's funny how you, when I first got into this in 2017, when I founded the Women's Motorsports Network, I was looking to connect with other women in motorsports. Mm -hmm. I was I was not looking to have a podcast or do an online <laughs> magazine or any of those things, but it it all just kind of evolved, right? And so, um, you know, and I I thought, okay, you know, I know there's a fair amount of women in motorsports, but I had no idea the scope of the women. And then, you know, at, at one point I was kind of like, wow, there's so many, but now that I've been in it five years, I find that, Oh, Lisa knows Mary and Mary knows me. Right. But, you know, and, and it's so much really smaller um, community than what you think it is because right. it's people know each other and they watch and they, keep track of other people that race other types of cars. And so it's, it's really, I, I, it's been such a blessing to me in my life to be able to be involved with women in motorsports. It, it just really has. So, well, you, you know, one of the things ahead. I, one of the things I've enjoyed here in Denver, the Porsche club has been, I think, um, really stands above anything that I know of to support women in uh, driving. And so we have here what's called the PCA Ladies Day. And so we've been doing this, oh my God, I can't even count the number of years, like decades, multiple decades. And, you know, it started off kind of the same as, as many clubs do of just a few women trying to mentor other women. And, you know, now it's, I think it's probably one of the biggest um, women's motorsport events that we do and it's a novice based event but we typically can pull 70 to 75 women wow. um, who are the majority are novice drivers and it's it's to show them we we put them on the track we put an instructor in the car with them they're driving their car so they know and they're much more comfortable they're not timid they don't feel like oh, you know i'm on a racetrack and I'm going to get run over and everyone's going to be mad at me. And this way, you know, we do it at the state troopers track, which is even more fun because there's lots of things to, to teach and learn there. But, you know, year after year after year, you go through and you see all these women who are, you know, just driving. And, and that's, that's that first step into high performance mm -hmm. driving. And then the next thing, you know, they're, they're doing a DE and then, wow, they really enjoyed that, and they they have the bug, and now, yeah, okay, now they're going to get their license and and start racing, which has been wonderful. And and even through that, you know, as we have come together, they they try and take all the novices, and then everyone through the the different areas of expertise, and try and put everybody together, so that you can see yeah. like these are just real people 
who yeah. are having fun at different levels and you too can do this but you get to see some other folks like uh renee brinkerhoff i know renee yeah you know renee you just look at renee she's driving this 356 all over the planet and it's isn't so that the most crazy amazing epic. so she's going to be on the show but we've had some, you know, connection. I mean, it's hard. She is busy, gone all the time. Exactly. But she, the, uh, Christina, that must, I think it's her daughter, mm -hmm. uh, that schedule. So uh, we're working at getting a time when we can both do it. But see now right there, uh, we both know the same person. So Right, exactly. <laughs> you, you look at Renee's 356 and, you know, She's got a snow, you know, these snow tracks on. I know. And, you know, this is, this is what she's doing. So. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I love, I got around racing short track at um, asphalt dirt racing back in the, I would say eighties. Um, we had some friends that raced and then my kids started getting in sports. So then we got away from that because we were at baseball and softball and all those things. And then when my son graduated from high school in 1996, he took his graduation money and bought a race car <laughs> against his mother's knowledge or permission. <laughs> and it's a long story, but that's how we got back into racing. Um, and so, you know, you just you start with that kind and then, oh, there's women drag racers and, oh, there's rally racing and there's airplane racing and there's, and I would have, I'd never heard of what she was doing, that kind of racing. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's so many things out there that unless you really get yourself involved, right, right. you would never know. Right. And yeah. That, there's yeah. A, and it's funny because when people ask, you know, they hear that I'm racing and they're like, Oh, what kind of racing do you do? Do you like run marathons or are you biking? Yeah. Like bicycle. <laughs> I know, absolutely. Race car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we kind of talked about, you know, a bad day at the racetrack. But when you have personally, when you have a bad day at the racetrack, how do you deal with that? Oh. <laughs> you know, I get mad. And then I go drink a margarita and then I, you know, I strategize about, you know, what, what could I have changed? Mm -hmm. um, what couldn't I have changed? And uh, how much does it cost to change what change. I can? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, um, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an up and down kind of thing because there's just moments where, you know, you just, like I can do better and I know I can do better and why am I not doing better? And so I think there's a lot of self-criticism that goes with that. Some of it uh, can be, you know, I really needed to do this on the car and I didn't, but I really find, you know, it's, it's your own performance. I think is, is the most critical. Um, you, you just critique yourself over yeah. and over and over again. And like, you know, if I'd hit that turn or, yeah. You know, we were talking about this, you know, this weekend, like, ah, uh, you know, I shifted in, you know, I was trying to go from four to, you know, um, from four to three and I went four to five and I lost wow. my horsepower and people passed me in this critical turn and that was a position that was lost. And, yeah. you know, so I, I think it's trying to decide what you want out of it. And, and I think the other thing too, um, which I think my family is really good about is like, are you having fun? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I had a, I had a young man who was actually my son's best friend. They were both named Ben and they both, they had similar lives, uh, growing, you know, as they grew up challenges, mm -hmm. Uh, things that they gave their mothers, gray hairs. And, and we lost, and, and Ben said to me one time, uh, he drove one of our race cars and he said, when it stops being fun, then you need to quit. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what, what we say. And I say, um, because I'm always trying to find, you know, the joy in it. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, is that, when when the car is on and I'm on, there is nothing like it. It's just it's it's pure bliss. Yeah. And so it's so nice to to have that. Um, 
That's our German Shepherd and his squeaky toy. I was gonna, I, I was gonna say that that sounds familiar. I have a dog that likes a squeaky toy too. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's finding the joy. But I do say that you know the the risk reward is always ever present, and so. Um, when you're not completely in love with this, it's time to stop Yeah, because the risk is always there. And, right. um, and, and I do, and you know, there's moments where I'm like, that's it. This is, you know, I'm done. And then, you know, I sleep on it. Mm. And then the next morning it's like, I have to fix this. I've got to get this and I yeah. need this. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we always want to perform well right. and that's not, it, it's just not going to happen every time. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one, one of the, the most remarkable moments, I think, in my evolution of that is, you know, we were at the Nationals um, with WRL at CODA, and so we ran Saturday all day, it was a good race, it was Sunday, and it, it was a great day, the weather was perfect, and, you know, I, I drove the car out of the garages, and we were gridded, and then ready to go and the car would not turn on and it was like we drove to the grid there was nothing wrong and there was a problem with the ignition and with porsche it's part of their anti-theft and so you have to replace an entire thing which no one's going to have at the track for that. no there's just just wasn't available and so you know i sat there and i you know I watched everybody take the green sitting in the grid going like, come on, come on, come on, come on. We got to go. And, and finally coming to the realization that this was not going to happen. And mm -hmm. here we were at nationals and it wasn't going to happen. And I was so disappointed. Um, and the team, you know, because the Enduros aren't, aren't single person sports, they're multi-person and everyone was just upset by it. And you know, I, I came away from that and, you know, here it is, it's like 1030 in the morning and the race is going and everything is happening and I'm not part of it and our team's not part of it and I'm disappointed, but, you know, I'm sitting there and everyone is like, how can you be so calm about this? And I just said, you know what, I'm standing in the pits of the finest Formula One track in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to drive this track. Had a beautiful day yesterday. It was a wonderful drive. We had a good day. Um, the car performed well. The car is not injured in any way. I'm not injured in any way. Yeah. Um, I get to spend time with my family, and you know, I'll I'll take an earlier flight home and be ready for work tomorrow. And it, you know, putting that all into perspective, like I get to do all of those things. Yeah. And it's not I have to do and I couldn't do, but I got to. Yeah. And it just kind of changes your your whole mindset about that. And then it takes, I think, all those setbacks and keeps it in perspective. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of have also a little bit of a jaded perspective because, you know, what I do for a living. Yeah. I, I see people who are in really bad places and mm -hmm. difficult health situations and, and people die. And so, you know, here I am, I get to do all these things right? and life is good and I'm okay. The car's okay. Everyone's okay. And there's another day to do what we love. Yeah. And so it, it always keeps that into perspective. Yeah. I would think that what you see as, you know, in your, your um, profession probably does keep you more grounded as far as, you know, this isn't everything in life. Right. This is right. just one of the fun things I get to do. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think some people approach it of like, you know, it's, you know, ride or die. And it's like, no, it's no. not. It's not. It's you no. get to do this and you get to enjoy this. And, and really where you see it is when uh, people have to quit racing. They don't choose. It's yeah. chosen for them for many reasons. And, you know, that's that's a hard pill to swallow and that's mm -hmm. where it's hard and like like you get to show up to do that so yeah it, yeah it's a gift it is so what's your favorite thing about being a race car driver now it could be something on the track or off you know uh the fun thing is i can go into a room and talk to anybody and 
they are just, they love talking about racing mm -hmm. and they may not know much about it, but they become, and it's, it's a wonderful topic that is, it's an equalizer for all people in that mm -hmm. you don't, you know, you don't have to have any experience in, and people know what racing is and you can right. have a, a lovely conversation uh, about that. And it touches so many people and inevitably someone knows somebody or has yeah. a family member uh, and it's, it's just a lovely, it's just a lovely topic to always be able to talk about no matter where you go. Yeah. And, and it, I think it, it just makes people so kind and it's really interesting because people then are like, they want to know where you're at and where you're going. I, I was in a, I was in a meeting with a website group today and talking and just happened to be talking about racing. And next thing I know, they're planning a trip to Nebraska to come watch us race, <laughs> you know, and I think that that's, um, I think yeah. that's exciting, you know, and I think the fun thing too, because Netflix has had, you know, mm -hmm. drive to survive. And I think that there's much more exposure to formula one yeah. now. And so there's a lot of people who have a lot more knowledge, right. than, you know, than they did. And so they feel very comfortable talking about it and now they have so much more interest. And so it's interesting because their questions aren't like, well, that must be fun for you to like, oh my gosh, and how much are your tires? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and what do you do? And uh, who crews? And, you know, yeah. what happens if you go off? And mm -hmm. all, like they have much more intimate knowledge. So right. it's much more um, public, which is great. Yes, absolutely. That, you know, even for me, and I'm involved in racing, but there's no F1 women driving, but there are quite a few women, you know, right mm -hmm. behind the scenes, not very far. But, uh, you know, even even for me, and I knew, you know, a fair amount of, of about F1 without ever having been to an F1 race and that, but I knew names and drivers and some of that. But that show was really interesting because I, I liked, I liked the stories. I mm -hmm. like seeing, you know, who are they behind the scenes and that. And I that's what I enjoyed about that show the most, for sure. So, well, I think it really shows you know, each of the intimacies of, of each of these people where yeah. I think, you know, when you watch F1, you're watching a race yeah. and uh, you're understanding the intricacies of racing, but you're not really seeing all the behind the scenes that goes yeah. on. And really, I think, you know, Netflix really shows that it's not some one person showing up and getting in a car. No, you know, there's always, you know, a tribe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that's true of, uh, you know, any level of racing, really. Um, you know, I, I, we have a asphalt track here close where uh, my granddaughters race and we know a lot of people that race there, but there's a lot of people that just pay their money, come in, sit down, watch the race, go home. And they never think about that. Those teams were there at noon and the race didn't start till seven how much the tires cost. I think my granddaughter said a set of tires for her street stock car are almost $700. Oh, I long for those days. <laughs> yeah. But for a team of that size, yeah, that's a lot, yeah. you know? And so I always encourage people, you know, who's your favorite driver, reach out to them, ask them if they can come and just be um, out of the way, but in your pits, just one night. You come when they come to the track that day mm -hmm. and you see what it costs them to get into the pits and what it, and, and you have an entirely different appreciation for any kind of racing if you did that. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the cost financially, the cost emotionally, the cost mm -hmm. to your family life, yeah. And, you know, to your sanity sometimes, but, you know, in time, just the lots of time, lots of time. Yeah. And your family has to be on board because there, there's no way that you can be involved in racing and your family's not on board. It just doesn't work. It might work for a little while, but eventually it's not going to work because racing is a sport that gets in your blood more so than I think any other sport. Yeah. And you can't just, you can't just easily turn that off. And so, it's so hard because, you know, we do see people every now and again who, 
they're they're going alone and it's it's very difficult and um and then i see you know there's some people who are married and their family is not supportive and it you can really tell it's it's a tremendous Mm -hmm. conflict because it's this love that they have that they can't share uh and it really does um it really impacts it impacts family a lot and and we've always talked about this and you know i say this after every race um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I could not do this without you. Everyone right. whoever is involved, you know, thank you so much yeah. uh, with gratitude. But also, you know, when we go to bed at night, it's like, you know, when this, if you get to the point where you can't do this anymore, you need to let me know because this is a we that's, it's not a me. And, yes. you know, I, I can't do this, nor do I even want to do this uh, by myself. And mm-hmm. so, I, I, I want to enjoy this and, yeah. and perform well and do well and share that, you know, whatever, you know, the ups and downs, I want to share that with you and have you be part of that. But when it stops being, you know, fun and, you know, when you can't do this anymore, I can't do this. And, you know, yeah. when I'm not having fun. We can't do this anymore either. It's just out of respect, you yeah. know, for, for that other person, because, it's not fair to them. It's, it's a yeah. tremendous uh, accomplishment to do this together, but it's also uh, a lot of burden too. And so yeah. you want to make sure that you're getting everything out of it. And it's not giving you all you want. There's plenty of other wonderful things that can do that. Yeah. Everybody has to be on the same page for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Short. And so, you know, oh, yes. that time. So so what's your goal for your racing career? You know, is this what, have you got to where you want to be? This is what you want to do. Do you no, have any I aspirations? Mean, no, <laughs> no, because, you know, there's always the next level, but you know, the constraints are always financial. So it was interesting when I was in uh, El Salvador, I was the only woman racing in the Grand Prix. And so there was a lot of uh, media about that. And I, I was, you know, on TV and podcasts yeah. and webcasts and on the newspaper. And, you know, everyone, it, it was really interesting because everyone was so concerned about us going to El Salvador and safety. And I had no worries because I'd been there before because we did mission work there. And so as it turns out, um, you know, the year that I went was a year that they had a massive earthquake and, and it was just a very short time right before we arrived with all the cleft palate teams. And so it, it was a, it was a mess to be, and we had to redo everything to get, um, we weren't at the hospital that we would normally be at in, you know, you're trying to take care of all these kids and, yeah. you know, you've got 300 kids that have walked for days on foot to come see you. Um, and so they, uh, the, the word had spread quite a bit about that. And so they were asking me, you know, you know, how do you feel about, you know, being here? You know, are you nervous? And you're a woman. I'm like, why would I be nervous? I love El Salvador. I've been here before. I've, you know, I've taken care of the people here. And so that was wonderful. Um, but you know, you just like, what, what's the hardest question that they're going to ask? And, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting. The hardest question that I got asked and, and I, it wasn't prompted. So I didn't know it was come, coming. They said, well, you know, you're, you're a plastic surgeon and you're a race car driver. If you had to pick one. Oh, that's not fair. What would you do? And I said, well, that would be easy. I would, I would quit my practice. I would sell my practice and I would become you know, a professional race car driver, assuming I could do that, you know, uh, skill wise. Yeah. But then I would travel internationally and then I would do, um, mission work in every place that I was traveling. There you go. So then I could do that. And, and that would be, you know, if, if I could do anything I ever wanted, that would be, you know, amazing because then I could, I could race wherever I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, I could dive, you know, cause I would be, internationally diving and uh, and then taking care of you know patients without the constraints of healthcare of like you know money and insurance and yeah or schedules and supplies right i could just you know go and do what i do and for the love of doing it and everyone benefits and 
you know, I'd get to race. And Now that was the perfect answer because, <laughs> um, you know, it's the best of everything. Right. Right. Because especially, you know, I see where, you know, let, let's forget about the racing for a minute being able to volunteer and help people who otherwise wouldn't have access to that kind of help mm -hmm. would be probably more fulfilling than winning any race. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And, you know, walking away from a kid that you can't help and knowing that that might've been their only opportunity in their entire life. Mm -hmm. it, it's just, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. And so it really, it makes such a, a big difference. One, one of the guys who traveled with us uh, the year before, there was a, there was a man kind of lurking in the bushes and mm. the, everyone, you know, our, our American way was kind of like creeped out, like, who's this guy? We have all these children here. So who's the guy in the bushes? And so, right. They, they sent somebody out and they brought him and he's, you know, an older man who had an unrepaired cleft lip and palate. He's in his fifties. And so, you know, you say to the person, you know, like, so why do you want to do this now? You know, because now like, it's not a baby. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a man. And he says, um, because I've never kissed my wife. Oh, you know, and so those are the moments that, you know, you, you can't, you'll never get it. You'll never get anywhere. And to help people like that, it, it's just, it's epic to be able to, you know, yeah. offer that. And, and again, um, a lot of times these communities are so limited in their resources mm -hmm. and uh, staffing available to help these kids that here we mm -hmm. kind of take for granted yeah. because all this stuff is diagnosed on ultrasound before babies are born and they're repaired yeah. and they're out into society before, you know, anyone even knew there was an issue and, and yeah. that's just not the way it is everywhere. And so it's nice to no. be able to, to go in and, and help in those ways. Oh yeah. That has, that has to be, that has to be a feeling that you can't describe to people knowing that you've helped change somebody's life for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, when you, when you have a baby who has a cleft lip and in a palate and they can't feed and then you, you fix them and they smile back at you. So it, it's, there's no, there's no price on that. It's yeah, just there's not. So, you know, I think we've covered this question really, but I always try to ask it. How have you, or do you hope to make an impact on the motorsports industry? Well, you know, I think, I think encouraging um, women, number one, and encouraging young people, too, because I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, this is a generational sport, and so mm -hmm. there has to be younger people coming along, so always trying to support young people, uh, going and talking to kids, uh, especially, but also talking to women, too, of like this isn't just you know a man's sport an older mm -hmm. man's sport because right. you know i think a lot of people think it's an older man's sport because you have to have a ton of money to get into it um it's not cheap but certainly there's multi-levels that are financially doable yeah. and i think giving people the understanding of what what motorsports really entails i think is great and you know, the thing I love to do is get kids um, in the car and have them, I'll take them in the pits and I'll let them drive on the steering wheel and let them hear the engine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just, they, they think that's nuts. They're crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And so, you know, the, the thing is that and you just, you never know that one single moment where you've touched mm -hmm. someone's life that will yeah. have a lasting ripple effect and, and you have no idea that that happened. And, you know, people will come back and say, well, you know, you told me this, you know, 10 years ago, and this is what's happened. And, you know, I didn't even remember that, that right. conversation because to me, it felt like, yeah, it was just another day. Um, but for each person, they take away something special. And yeah. then I think, you know, that means a lot to me to be able to offer those little bits to yeah. each person. And, you know, it isn't just kids. I mean, I can, I can think, I would think that there's, you know, I did an interview with a lady. She was almost 60 years old and her dream had all, her parents had been involved in racing her dad or whoever. And her dream had always been to drive a street stock, you know, a local track. It wasn't anything. She didn't want to be the next cup champion. Right. But 
her dad always said, oh, no, you can't do that. And then her husband, no, you can't do that. And she finally, I think her husband had passed and her kids were grown. And she says, I'm doing this. Right. And she got a car and she got some people to help her and, and out she went. And, mm -hmm. and I just think, you know, there's women that would like to go into the garages or, and see those cars or sit in those cars who would get just as much excitement from it. I think mm -hmm. if they had the opportunity, you know, one, one of my goals um, <clears throat> down the road here, because we, we have this in the process and then COVID stopped everything is to have events at racetracks to invite women who have never been to a race, mm -hmm. their husbands go, their sons go, but they think, ah, that's, it's not for me to right. invite them to a race, take them through the garage, take them, you know, wherever, have a nice event for them with some women that are involved in motorsports so that they can see that, you know, like, you know, maybe you don't like this kind of racing, but you would like this kind. And, and I think unless you get them to the track, mm -hmm. they have no idea what it's like. And that's true of anybody, man, woman, kid, whatever. Um, once they, once you get them to the track to see a race of any kind, they're going to, they're going to go to more than one. Right. Right. Well, and that's a great thing. You know, it, it would be so wonderful to do all kinds of, you know, demos of like, you know, drag racing and autocross and dirt track, you know, just to see all yeah. the fun stuff. And, you know, maybe they, maybe they take a ride, right. you know, themselves, maybe they don't want to drive, but maybe they want to, you know, you put the, and, and like when we were in El Salvador, we put all the press in, in all of our cars and we were lapping them, you know, and their perception of what they think racing is. And then they get out of the car and like, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. And so I think the more exposure that you do, I think, and that's why I think our ladies event has been so successful because it's, it's just creeping in a little bit yeah. more, a little bit more so that, Hey, let's take this first step and let's, let's get you on the track and let's get you going fast. Cause we know you're going fast on the highway. Right. You know, right. let's, let's get you um, a little bit, more confident and competent to, to maneuver mm -hmm. your car at high speeds. And then, Hey, you know, mm -hmm. now we're going to be at the track. Let's, yeah. let's go to the track and let's do something like that. And, you know, it's been fun because you get to see all kinds. It, it it's interesting. You get so accustomed to race cars, but when you do events like that, you have people show up with their car, with whatever car that they have and they yeah. just have to pass their tech. And, you know, as long as their car meets tech, then, whatever you have is whatever you have. And it's fantastic to go and see the love that they have for their cars and have them have a place to be able to express it mm -hmm. in that, like, well, it's not a NASCAR. No, it's not a NASCAR. It's your VW bug, which is amazing. And let's go right. fast in, you know, in, in your car that you yeah. love. And so I think it, it just, I think it can develop so many wonderful things. And yeah, you know, you, you develop this huge network. And again, you know, motorsports isn't a set of, you know, single drivers. They're just epic yeah. teams. And so, yeah. you know, you can, you can create multiple teams and interests. And now, you, you know, you, you think about, you know, kids growing up and, you know, talking to all of the young kids about motorsports and all the different things. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can go, you know, I'm in Colorado, you go to school on mines and you can become an automotive engineer and then you right. can end up at, you know, at F1. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. And, you know, and that's not gender specific. No. And so it's not race specific. It's not gender specific. No. It's whoever has, you know, the interest in, you know, the smarts to back them to get to wherever they want to go in whatever interest that they have. So, mm -hmm. I love that. I do too. And, you know, motorsports has so many opportunities as far as careers, you know, mm -hmm. yes, the drivers get the attention and the crew chiefs and that, but there's so many opportunities that if you love racing and you love to be a part of motorsports, you can find a way to be a part when, you know, there's, right. there's a place for you if you look and, and try to get there. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, well, I, I tell you what, we've talked for an hour <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it. I've just, oh my gosh, I've really enjoyed 
talking with you tonight. Um, learned so much about you and what you're doing. And that's what I love. I love to learn about the ladies that I interview and where they're going and what they're doing. So if I wanted to follow where you're going to be racing or, or that, how would I do that? Is it social media or where should I go? You know, usually we run everything through our medical practice site. So um, Ravala.com is our website. And then um, we're on Ravala, um, Dr. Lisa Hunsaker on okay. Instagram and Facebook as well. And so pretty much our patients are, um, they, they want to know where I'm at too. <laughs> they want to know I'm making it home to do yeah. surgery. Yeah, but they sure. also um, they love to they love to follow and keep track of that as well. So okay. we have just combined it into a multi-site because also I like to do that so that everyone who's follow, following the racing, I am a big advocate for uh, breast cancer awareness, and so um, it helps us educate everyone as well too. So it, it cross pollinates really well. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm glad you're doing that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I is there anything I haven't talked to you about that we should have talked about? No, I don't think so. I think uh, we pretty much, we covered everything. Okay. Yeah. All right. And when is your next time that you're going to be racing? Uh, it will be next month. My son graduates high school on the 17th, uh, which is a Wednesday. And so the 18th, we head to Nebraska and then we'll okay. test and tune on the 19th and then race on the 20th and 21st in Hastings. Okay. Uh, so okay. We'll be out there. And All the right. Burkharts will be with us, so we'll have Morgan nice. uh, as well, uh, you know, from uh, West Virginia and having them out. And, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to take them to the dark side. To yeah, the, the you know, that's, <laughs> I, I know, I get that part, you know, I live on the dark side too, and <laughs> I absolutely love it. And I love the people that are on this dark side with me, so I'm okay uh -huh. with that. Yeah, we're trying to give him the taste of Porsche. That way, Beth and John can scream at us. Now he's going to want a Porsche. There you go. <laughs> she can scream at you that you want, got her husband to want a Porsche. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, Lisa, I've really enjoyed this. I know you've worked all day, and, and I appreciate that you took the time tonight to Absolutely. record this with me. I have really enjoyed speaking with you, and, and I would love to come and watch you race sometime. So I'm going to be watching a little closer where you're going to be. And if, if you're somewhere close to where I can get to, I'm going to try to come and watch. Cause I would love to. Love yeah. To we'd do love that. to have you. And you know, it would be fun uh, to have you come out to do the ladies day event too. Because I was I thinking of that. And when is that usually held? You know, it's usually in the summer. Um, okay. I, I don't, let me look and see if I've got the dates. set. Okay. Um, yeah, I was thinking that might be a really good uh, event for me to attend. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the 2023 okay. date, but it's usually um, in the summer. Okay. So, yeah, I'll get you the dates for that. All right. Because uh, that will be that will be great. Um, it, it was wonderful. Uh, they had a big spread in the um, Porsche National Magazine, and just the number of women that we yeah. pull, it's just wonderful. Yeah. I'm gonna, I think you have uh, a great time. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'd have a great time. So, and I know a couple of people that live in Denver, so that would be good. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, Lisa, thank you again so much. Um, I hope you have a great week and thank congratulations you. on getting your son through high school. That's not always the easiest thing to do. <laughs> I had four children, uh, three daughters and a son, and I, I managed to get all of them through. So um, without, without going completely gray, but um, <laughs> I had, I had good kids. So, um, so enjoy your time with them. Enjoy your Thank racing you. and, and I'll be following you. And if I can ever do anything to help or promote or do what, you know, help what you're doing, all you have to do is reach out. That'd be wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Have a good one.